Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that explores God's Word while enjoying the fruits of God's creation. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and a review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. Billy Currington summed it up well when he said, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. So let us join our hosts, Michael and Anthony, for this week's discussion. Welcome to episode number 111 of the Beers and Bible podcast. I am Anthony. And I am Michael. And we are glad to have another week of beer and Bible. That's right. It's going to be fun. We've got new stuff, new breweries again tonight. Well, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, we do. Dude, I'm going to have, so for real, I'm going to have like seven straight weeks of new breweries because my buddy Marcus, like, when I say he came in clutch, he hooked me up, man. He took a trip to somewhere in the Midwest, Mm -hmm. and he bought tons of beer. And so I have one-offs of like a whole bunch of different things and it's things that I could not get here in South Alabama. Yeah. So I'm actually kind of excited. I'm actually a little bit excited about tonight's beer too, but I'm excited. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. We're it's just <laughs> cold up here. It's uh this week has been it's frigid cold. I just looked at the weather tomorrow um or tonight it's supposed to feel like 15 degrees. Yeah, you take luck with that because it's only going to get down in the 50s here, so. Well, Aren't you just special? <laughs> no, I mean, we I'm ex- also don't have ice coming in. I don't think we do either. I think it. I think we missed most of that. Oh, you're lucky. I hope so. Part of me hopes so. Part of me would really like to see my son play in the snow and stuff. Because the last big snow we had, he was too little to like enjoy it. So he was just mm-hmm. mostly scared of it. Yeah. And uh, I think now that he's you know three and a half. Yeah. He'd maybe enjoy it more. I don't know. It snowed like two weeks after I moved back, didn't it? I'm trying to remember. Like, mm-hmm. I know it, it snowed, snowed the very it first snowed, week. Um, gosh, when was that? Was it like February of 2020 or March of 2020? It snowed like right before COVID. Yeah. Okay. So that'd be like February. It was like, of it was 2020. like January. It was like the first three months of 2020. We had a good yeah. snow up here. Because my wife was so ticked. Oh, yeah. I I believe it. (laughs) She was here for two years, and it never snowed, and she moves away, and then it snows a lot all at once. And Well, the funny part was it snowed the very first week I was up there. Like, Oh, yeah. And she she wasn't here yet. Yeah. It was just me, and I was like, oh, I hate this because I don't like snow. Mm -hmm. She loves it, and I don't like it. Yeah. And I was like, look at all the snow. And she's like, oh, I'm so jealous. And then she comes up here, and she's like, where's all the snow? I was like, it's melted. It's gone because it (laughs) snowed yesterday, and now it's 70 degrees today because that's how Georgia does weather. (laughs) Georgia, Alabama does that, too. Go home, Georgia. You are drunk. Oh, man. Well, we're going to drink some beer. What are you going to drink tonight, man? So tonight, uh, another brewery. Um, I told the story, I guess it was last week, of my mm-hmm. father-in-law bringing back uh, some beers from uh, breweries in Charleston. And I've got another one tonight. I have from the Revelry Brewing Company in Charleston, South Carolina. I have the Marsh Hen Cream Ale. Um, the website is straight up useless. It's not even listed <laughs> there. Um, the can 
the only information on this thing is that it's got 5% ABV. Like, there's not even a description of it. Except that it's a collaboration between Revelry Brewing and Marsh Hen Mill. Oh. Maybe, maybe, I, should, maybe I should look for look Marsh, Marsh Hen Mill. I, I will. But um, if I go to Untapped, that's all the information that's on there, too. So there's like <laughs> there's there's literally no information. Let me do that while you talk about yours. Okay. Marsh so I'll, t- I'll tell you about mine because uh, I was talking about my buddy Marcus. I'm going to do another one that he brought me tonight. And this is called... Famous golfer, sour ale with black tea, and it's from Cosmic Eye Brewing in Lincoln, Nebraska. Okay. And um, if you know golf, or if you if you've played golf, or if you drink tea, you've probably heard of an Arnold Palmer. Of course, that's what this one is is supposed to be. I guess modeled after. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what it says on the website: uh, sour ale with black tea. A fan favorite rated best in sour in the Midwest by USBTC in 2020. Notes of lemon and tea. Easy drinking. That's it. Hmm. So I'm hoping this is going to taste like an Arnold Palmer, but just be in beer form. I'm not a big fan of Arnold Palmers. Oh, I love them. Half and half. I'm not. I don't don't like my drinks mixing that way. Which is funny because like because like whiskey and coke is one of my favorite drinks. So I like I like mixing stronger drinks, but like sweet tea and lemonade just isn't a. Mm. Isn't I love something. it. So um, I'm on Marsh Hen Mills website now, um, and it's like a, it's a mill. It, it's it's like a, they make grits and flour and stuff like that. <laughs> um, so they're not gonna have anything about it. <laughs> No, there, there won't be any beer. Like, they have a general store. I wonder if they, like, milled up the grains that went in the beer or something. I don't like, know. That's, that's like, the collaboration. See. Let me see. Like, they've got, like, on their website, you can get um, red peas, grits, rice, um, a bunch of different kinds of rice and grits, polenta, cornmeal, cornbread mix, indigo popcorn, Black eyed peas. It's like a. Uh, there's a general store up he, up in um, Helen. Mm-hmm. That it, it's this kind of has that same kind of feel. So, um, not really sure what to expect on this, and there's no information about it. Literally, I can't find any information about the spear anywhere. Well, that sounds like a good one to just crack open and see what what's going to happen because you have no I, expectations. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, I went to Untapped. There's less than a thousand reviews on this beer. On well, there you go. So there's there's not gonna there's not a whole lot out there. So, but I agree. I think we should crack our beers open and see what we've got. Here we go. Three, two, one, crack. We timed that about perfectly. Yeah, we did. This smells like a tea. Like this, I don't. I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> so this is a 12-ounce glass, and I put it in my giant B&B mug, so it looks mm-hmm. like I have, like, half a beer. <laughs> and I only have one of them. I can't, like, go get another one and to top it off or something like that. You, you're going light tonight? Yeah. I'm, I'm a, I mean, it's a it's an ale. It's very clear. I don't know if yeah. you can see that. I can. That does look good. This this thing has an interesting smell. I'm, I'm just still, kinda, I got too I just kind of smells like a... A run of the mill, ha! Ah, because it's jokes. A, there's what mine looks like. It's a. Uh, I mean, it's kind of normal. I've, I've got a frosted look, glass. Yours kind of looks like a tea, though. 
Like, it, it does. It has it, like that uh, Arnold Palmer hue. Yes. This one has like, it just smells like beer. It doesn't have anything like, I have literally nothing to go off of. So this one actually has a a uh, smell similar to the Rodler. Okay. So it, like I, I can get that lemon. Yeah. I guess it's supposed to be lemon tea. It says black tea, sour ale with black tea. I don't know that I've ever had black tea. That oh, seems wait. a lot oh. more like in hot tea. Yeah. So they do have this uh, on the can. I just now noticed this. Our take on the half lemonade, half iced tea drink, made famous by a certain golfer, uh, equally at home on the golf course and backyard grills or on the lake. Okay, so that doesn't really tell me anything else. It's more than I got. I have literally nothing. <laughs> I have the government warning, where it was brewed and canned. Um, at least you got the government warning. I mean, that's... Who drew the art on the can? And that's it. So you know more about the can than you know about the beer. Yeah, I know that it's got 5% ABV and there's 12 ounces. And it's a cream ale. Well, there you go. Well, we may there's only well, one way to find out. We may as well find out everything we, need, we can possibly <laughs> know about the beers we have. Here we go. Bottoms up. Cheers, bud. What's a cream ale like? I mean, it just kind of tastes like a pretty standard beer. <laughs> like, there's li- like maybe my palate's messed up. I don't know, but I don't taste anything that to like that separates this beer from like don't and don't take this the wrong way, <laughs> but like Budweiser. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Kalik. <laughs> Now, Kalik is reserved for like. It's below Budweiser. It's like Kalik. It's like Kalik that is below Budweiser, and then like this one may be on par with that. Um, man, I don't. Oh. This isn't like. I have nothing. I have literally nothing to say about this beer. It is just. It is just beer. It, it's, it's just beer. Like I could probably like. I could probably finish it while you talk about yours. Like that's how. Just like yeah. You, so what you're saying is you're glad you don't have another one. Kind of, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'll go ahead and rate mine. Do and it. I'm in, this is rare territory for me. This is getting three Luthers. Ooh. Yikes. That is that is low territory for you, man. Um, And it's not, I mean, it's just, there's nothing particularly, like, grand about this thing. Um, mm-hmm. It's not necessarily bad. It's just not my thing. Well, there you go. So, like, like I could see where this could be enjoyed by yeah. some people. If you like regular beer. But if you're going to buy regular beer, just go buy Budweiser. Well, because I'm sure it's cheaper than that, <laughs> that stuff. I don't know. I did see on uh, Untapped the 930 people who had checked in on it, it was at like. Three and a half out of five, so I'm in the same oh, okay. range as them. Yeah, um, but let me let me uh, drink the rest of this <laughs> while you talk about your 
Arnold you get Palmer a shotgun drink. That? I might. So so this thing is um maybe maybe I'm I don't know. Growing up in the South, everything to me is sweet tea. And so Arnold Palmers are always sweet. Mm-hmm. And knowing that this is from Lincoln, Nebraska, mm. if you say iced tea, I think sweet tea. Mm-hmm. But anywhere Wrong. outside of the South, iced tea is unsweet tea. I've made that mistake. We went on vacation to Ohio one time, and I asked for tea. Tea? And mm-hmm. they did not make sweet tea. Mm-mm. They don't make sweet tea. No, they don't. So they, the girl brought me unsweet tea in like 10 sugar packets. And it yes. Just, it and doesn't work. No, because you can't dissolve sugar in cold tea. And everyone should know that by now. So this is, it's not bad, but I was expecting something sweeter mm-hmm. because of what I grew up drinking Arnold Palmer's is sweet tea and lemonade. Yeah. And so... Was it like sweet, like you grew up on like sweet tea and country time lemonade? Yes. Okay. Basically, yes. And it's it's definitely got lemon-ish flavor so that I can, I can get behind the lemonade. But the tea flavor, maybe it's the black tea. I don't know that I've ever had black tea. And it's just kind of meh. I mean, it's just kind of bland, like... It, it <laughs> already done. Nice. Um, it's it's not terrible, but it's not good, or it's not great. It's just good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna have to give it three and a half Luthers. Okay. Three and a half Luthers. Um, it, it's it's right in the in the range of you know some of those other things that we've done there. A couple of the the IPAs. It's just to me, it, I was expecting something a little bit sweeter. Than mm-hmm. what I got, yeah, and maybe that maybe I set myself up for failure, but it's just kind of it's just kind of bl- like when it's just like a lim- an, little lemon flavor. Yeah, when you have an expectation of something, and like your past experience with tea and lemonade is sweet, yeah, and it doesn't meet that expectation, you're going to be like, well, this isn't exactly what I wanted, so yeah. that's going to hinder my experience. Yep, that's the boat I'm in. Yep. It's so, like I, I almost want to give it three, but I don't want to put it down there where yours is. <laughs> but it, I mean, it's 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 good. I'm glad I only have one. Mm-hmm. I'll probably never drink it again. Yeah, uh, I'm glad I at least got to experience it once. Yeah, I wonder so, if you could find like with these things that are like not as good as we hoped they would be. I wonder mm-hmm. if there's a way for us to look for others like in that like. What if you could find like a sweet tea Arnold Palmer beer? Ooh. Maybe I should figure out how to make a sweet tea Arnold Palmer beer. Of course, at that point, you could just do like sweet tea, lemonade, and a little whiskey and be done with it. <laughs> so I look back at our, um, we keep track. I don't know if you, if our listeners know this, but we keep track of every single review we've done since the very beginning. Yeah. And I think we missed one, and I'm not sure what happened to that one. I'm sure we just had a brain cramp or something, but. <laughs> I think this is in this is a rare this may be the longest streak we've had. Anthony has rated his beer higher than I've rated my beer for now the last or eat we've rated equal or Anthony has been higher for nine straight episodes. That is crazy. Is it nine? No. One, two, no, three, four, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Sure is. Yeah, this is the ninth straight episode that Anthony has rated his beer higher or the same as I have rated mine. That's crazy. 
Because I used to be the one that was low all yeah. the time. Like I said a couple of weeks ago when we started, like when we started the new year, I think I was like, maybe I'm going to be a little, little harsher, and maybe that's a little unfair to some of these breweries. But <laughs> 2022, man, new me, new year, new me, right? There you go. I don't know. There you go. Hey, it's nothing on Revelry. It's in, like last week wasn't anything on Munkle Brewing. It's just I drank your beer. That's what I thought of it. Yeah. I'm not, you know, if you love Revelry Brewing or you love Munkle or any of these other breweries that don't get great reviews from us, that's that's nothing it's on them. It's your prerogative to be wrong. It's fine. I mean, we can... We can <laughs> I mean, and you I can say the same about me. There are people that like cats, just saying. Yeah, I like cats. I have cats. I know you do. That's why I said that. <laughs> like like then, I said. Then there's people who like Tennessee football. Well, that's fair. <laughs> hey, by the time this comes out, we'll know if Georgia had won a national championship or not. That's right. Or if we're going to choke a second time in one year. <laughs> I mean. Who knows? I am drinking out of my Georgia cup tonight, though. Well. It's the hope that kills you. Yeah. Remember? It, it, <laughs> Dude, that is the greatest SEC short. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if we can plug them or not. Maybe I'll just tag them because it'll be fun. Anyway. All right. So so tonight, beers. after that, we're done with the beer review for the night. <laughs> um, tonight, uh, we're going to continue our study in, first, in Philippians. I almost said first Philippians. <laughs> wow. Michael said too much beer already. <laughs> well, I just drank it really fast. But it's like I feel nothing. Like As I was drinking it, I was like, this could easily be water. Like, I could that's, probably drink a gallon of this and not feel anything. That's terrible. Because good beer, sh- I mean, you shouldn't be able to do that with good beer. Anyway, so tonight we're going to continue our study in Philippians chapter 1. We're going to uh, move into verses 12 through 18. And we're going to have our discussion right after this break. Welcome back. Anthony and I have enjoyed our beers. I finished mine back before the break. Um, yeah, mine's gone too. Mine, I mean, it just kind of tasted like water. Mine was better than water, um, but it was it was like unsweet tea and lemonade. And mm. so, yeah, it just it wasn't, wasn't doing if, a whole lot for me. I wonder if getting sweet beer is difficult. Like getting it sweet is difficult. Could be because you got hops. Hops yeah, are hop, naturally hops, bitter. Yeah, I mean, you may have to put so much sugar in there. It's just jacks. Anyway, I don't know. We'll we'll think about that later. <laughs> so tonight we're going to continue our discussion in uh, Philippians chapter one. I almost said First Philippians again, um, but Philippians chapter one. And tonight we're going to read verses uh, twelve through eighteen. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know we've done it a couple of different ways in the past, where sometimes we read the whole passage, sometimes we read verses and then stop and discuss them. Uh, tonight we're going to read the, uh, the whole passage and then uh, walk through the discussion here. So uh, if you have your copy of God's Word, um, turn to Philippians chapter 1 and uh, join me in verse 12. Um, we'll read down through verse 18, and I'm reading from the Holman Christian Standard. And this is what the Word of God says. Now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has actually resulted 
in the advance of the gospel, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is in the cause of Christ. Most of the brothers in the Lord have gained confidence from my imprisonment and dare even more to speak the message fearlessly. To be sure, some preach Christ out of envy and strife, but others out of goodwill. These do so out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. The others proclaim Christ out of rivalry, not sincerely, seeking to cause me an anxiety in my imprisonment. What does it matter? Just that in every way, whether out of false motives or true, Christ is proclaimed, and in this I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice. Mm. Paul is going to turn it back on himself this week. Yeah. he. Uh, the first 11 verses were kind of the greeting thing and um, the introductory, I guess you could say like the introductory prayer. Um, but in the next, really in the next two sections we're going to cover, um, down through verse 26, Paul's going to turn it back and he's going to talk a little bit about uh, himself. And so... In these verses, in in verses twelve through eighteen, we're gonna see we're gonna talk about the the you can see the past and the present, and then mm-hmm. in next week nineteen through twenty six, we'll go through uh, the future. What what's yeah. what's kind of coming down the pipe, um, and so it, it's really gonna set up this this ending of chapter one is going to set up chapter two, which is probably one of the most popular chapters on the deity of Christ. Mm. And so there there there's actually they call it the Christ hymn is is 2 6 through I think it's 11. Um they call it the Christ hymn. And so that over the next couple of weeks that's where we're going to be going. But for this week we're going to be we're going to be talking about the gospel. We're going to be talking about Paul's work and how it has affected the gospel. Uh, in the church of Philippi, or uh, not necessarily affected the gospel, how the gospel has affected the church in Philippi mm-hmm. is a better way to say that, um, and what it's causing them to do. And and you see a lot of stuff. So let's dive right into it. Let's go let's right into it. verse 12. He opens up verse 12, and he's talking about the past. You know he's talking about the past because mine says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened. And so he's talking about something that has happened already, and... He doesn't really say what it is, mm-hmm. um, but you know that it's in the past because he's telling the church in Philippi, "You guys, basically, you guys know what what's going on." Yeah, and so I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna elaborate into that. Yeah, there, there's no need for him to elaborate because the people he's writing to already know. Yeah, what he's talking about, and and just by him saying, "You know what's happened," that that fills in that gap for them. Yeah, um, and, and you know, doesn't really matter what it is like. Maybe yeah. one day we'll all find out, but I—I I mean, it's not that important. But Paul says it hasn't hindered the gospel at all, and, yeah. and this is somebody who, this is the attitude of somebody who is so focused on the advancement of the gospel mm-hmm. that, you know, this thing that has landed him in prison. He—he—he. He, he, my version says, "What has happened to me has actually resulted in the advance of the gospel." Yeah, mine, mine reads has really served to advance the gospel. Yeah, so so it's, <laughs> it's like, and it's almost like in spite of this terrible thing that's happened to me, 
that we know that is wrong, that we know that isn't fair to Paul, that mm-hmm. isn't you know isn't just to him. Paul is still saying, you know what? It's worth it. It's worth it for me to be in this cell because it's resulted in the advancement of the, the gospel. Yeah, yeah. And what that does is it shows. It really shows that that Paul is like like you just said, laser focused on the gospel, and we're going to see that laser focus as we go all the way through this passage in mm-hmm. in a bunch of different ways. We're going to kind of see that laser focus, but he's making this this point about the advancement of the gospel because he doesn't want this to be about his suffering, right? And and I wonder if if that the whole not going into because I mean, how many times do we? When something bad happens to us and, and people are like, oh, you know, how are you doing? Or or what's going on? Tell me what's going on. We use the opportunity to be like, oh, woe is me. You know, I, these terrible things have happened to me and, yeah. and my life is wrong and terrible and I bad. Mean, we all use that as an opportunity to have our own little pity party and have everybody yeah. kind of get together, you know, join up with us. But Paul's mm-hmm. like, you know what? Nope, this isn't about me. Paul understands that Yeah, what's going on in his life has literally nothing to not literally, but it, it doesn't affect who he is. It doesn't affect his joy. Um, and, you know, he's literally suffering. Yeah. He's literally sitting in a jail cell, mm-hmm. writing to people he hasn't seen in a long time. Yeah, and, and these at least people, a few years. And these are people he care he cares about deeply, and he's there's no hope for him to see them. Yeah. You know, and he's saying, you know what? I'm not going to waste time. To and and I wonder if too like if that was the Holy Spirit like keeping that away from us so that we wouldn't get caught up in the why specifically is Paul in yeah. prison while he's writing yeah Philippians you know yeah well it's uh, and uh, I don't we're gonna chalk this up to providence again but the night that we're recording this is January sixth and so mm. if you're an American you know what happened on January sixth of twenty. 21 the beginning of last year and and you know i i kind of piddled around on the on the twitterverse and and facebook today to see people's takes on certain events and things like that and i I don't want to comment a ton on what happened necessarily because i have my own opinions about it and they don't belong here in this conversation but what i will say about it is it was fun funny to me to see you know if you're on the right, you're blaming the left. If you're on the left, you're blaming the right. And and it was and and they each one had these like specific anecdotal things they could point to. And I, I think that's our default is as humans is to find my adversary and point out where he's wrong so that none of it comes back to me. Right. And and so what what Paul is doing here is he's taking all the attention away from himself and putting it back on the gospel. Yeah. And when you when you're trying to point out something that your adversary is doing, you're really I mean it, it's the 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 whole adage of if you point one finger you've got three pointing back at you. You mm-hmm. you are trying to draw attention to yourself. You can say you know you're not, but but in in reality you are. Right. Paul is like he he's not going into any of it. He's not going to lay blame with anybody. He's not going to say that it was this person's fault or that person's fault why he's here. Mm-hmm. I mean it's it's probably true that he didn't break any laws he didn't do anything that would should have landed him in jail but he still found himself there but it's not about the jail it's not about what happened to paul this is about the gospel yeah and and what a testament like what a picture of the 
transformation of Paul's life because before yeah. he encounters Jesus, he's out there persecuting and murdering people yeah. who follow Jesus. And now he's in prison for the thing he would have been killing people for before he mm-hmm. met Jesus. And he's still saying, you know what? It's worth it. Yeah. Like, the advancement of the gospel is worth me sitting in this prison cell. Yeah. And so, like, I don't know how anyone could look at what Paul is experiencing here and argue that he didn't have a real encounter with Jesus. Yeah. I'm sure someone could figure out a way to do it. I just don't I just don't see it. it I, yeah. I just don't see how how it's possible. You're you're using some crazy logic if you get to that. Um but in the I mean in the midst of Paul in the jail cell suffering what he's going through, he's pointing at the gospel. And so what does that teach us? It teaches us as Christians that even if we're suffering, mm-hmm. that God can use that suffering to advance the gospel. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think about our uh, the Radangs, the interview yeah. with the Radangs, the suffering they went through and how God has used that to kind of change their trajectory and mm-hmm. change their ministry, and now they're, now they're preaching the gospel in a different part of the world that they ever thought they would probably ever be yeah. in, but they're in a very specific place for a very specific reason, and like... Our suffering takes us places that we don't expect to go. Yeah. And while we're there, God can use us to show his love and show share his joy with other people who could look at us and be like, how can you have that that kind of joy or mm-hmm. that kind of passion for other people while you're going through whatever it is you're yeah. going through? Yeah. So we, we've hinted around that, that Paul's in jail. We don't really know the reason why. Um we don't. He doesn't mention any laws that he's broken, but the gospel is is right on Paul's lips the whole time. He's he's focused on the gospel, and I think this speaks volumes about who Paul was because it doesn't matter who you are. You're a believer. You're an unbeliever. You're uh, an animal. Like Paul is preaching the gospel to everything and everyone all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, and and to me that's actually that, that's that's a lot convicting. Because yeah. so many times I get in my Christian circles and I think, oh, we don't have to talk about the gospel here. This is a this is my safe zone. This is you know, uh, this is where I can I can let my guard down and I can I don't have to be so gospel centric in this situation. Um, but Paul was not that way. Paul always focused on the gospel in 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 every situation. He he was turning something back to what Jesus had done in his life, mm-hmm. and so this I, I loved this this quote from the the commentary that we pull from. It says, "Perhaps our failure to talk about the gospel to unbelievers is tied to our lack of talking about it, uh, talking about the gospel to anyone, including one another." Uh. And and that I mean that's super convicting mm-hmm. because it's absolutely true. We don't I mean. What's the number one reason people say, I, I, oh, I didn't feel let or, or I, was, I was too scared to share the gospel? It's, it's, they're unfamiliar with it. Right. You know? And so you're we're not unfamiliar gonna, you're with not, it. You're not going to talk about what you're not familiar Like, it's so easy for us to talk about football or work or family mm-hmm. or what we've, you know, what we've got going on. But, like, actually talking about the gospel and who Jesus is and what he's doing, like— yeah. If you're not familiar with that stuff, you're not going to talk about it. No, I'm. I'm not going to talk about rocket science because I don't understand it. <laughs> Somebody else can talk about it, and I'll listen to it, and it'll be 
I won't know what they're talking about. I won't understand it at all. (laughs) But, but man, that's, I mean, understanding that, that even in, inside the church context, we need to be talking about the gospel because that's, I mean, it's, it's the, it's the whole idea of what goes in is what comes out. Yeah. And, and if you're, you know, if you're spending all of your time feeding yourself with things that are not the gospel, then, then you're going to be putting out things that are not the gospel. Yep. And so, you know, if, if anything, this to me is an encouragement to to just find ways to saturate my life with what the gospel is. And so, hmm. because of Paul's imprisonment, now other believers are inspired to do to do things, and that that's the kind of the next few verses that Paul talks about in in here in thirteen, fourteen, and kind of leading into fifteen. He's going to yeah. talk about these other people. Um, and I, I think that this, what he's talking about here and, and being inspired in our human nature, inspiring stories, inspire us to do things like, I mean, we've all heard of motivational speakers yeah, and, and we've all heard these stories of, of people who do these extraordinary things. And we're always like, man, I, I feel like I could go conquer the world after listening to that person talk. And I've my first book for 2022 was a book by David Platt called Something Needs to Change, and and I want to throw in a book recommendation here. If you're if you're following along with us, I would encourage you to go buy the book off of Amazon. Um, I think I picked up a used copy for like four dollars, um, but it is a absolutely fantastic book. And and Platt recalls a story, or not not a story. He he recalls a mission trip. Uh, where he went hiking in the Himalayas, and the the trip just rocked him to the core. Because mm-hmm. you got, I mean, you got to understand, David Platt is a, a seminary educated pastor. Um, when this trip took place, he was not yet the the leader of the International Mission Board, so this happened before that. But he tells about walking up, th- hiking through the Himalayas, and meeting these people who were just in abject poverty and and have nothing and and one of the stories that that kind of caught me off guard was was the the first day that he was hiking up he they go into this little village and he tells a story of this little girl who was trying to get food from him she was starving that their village had no food and she was starving of course he has a backpack with food for their trip because he's going to be hiking for like seven days and they they can't cook on the on the uh trail or whatever Mm -hmm. and so she she keeps trying to get food and he says he finally just like shakes her hand loose and like runs away and and or turns to go away and then he looks back at her and she's got this just angry look on her face and she tries to spit at him but she's so malnourished and she's so dehydrated that the spit just like flings out and sticks to her cheek mm. and and he's like when i saw that my just everything within me was was shook to my core and I'm reading his account of this, and I'm like, man, I've never experienced anything like that. I've never experienced somebody in in such poverty that, you know, if I saw somebody on the side of the road in America and they wanted food and I had some food, yeah, I'd probably give it to them, and I wouldn't think twice about it. Um, but, in, I mean, in this situation, he was like, I've, I've got to be able to have nutrition, but then there's this person who has nothing, mm-hmm. you know, and what kind of a coward am I that I can't, Give them a, a you know a bar or something like that. They, yeah. You know, 
something small that they would just be grateful to have. Yeah. Um, mm. But it's, man, it, it's, as I was getting prepared and, and kind of going through and reading some stuff, and I've been reading this book this week, I've, I've seen how all of this ties together, how the gospel, when you put the gospel first, like Paul is doing in this, then you're going to get a different perspective on the world around you. Yeah. And, and the call on, on this, in this book is, is, Hey, you don't have to go live in the Himalayan mountains. If, if, if God's not calling you to live in the Himalayan mountains, don't, but find what God is calling to you to do and, and weave the gospel into that thing, whatever that thing is. If it's your job, it's your job. If it's, Making art, make art, whatever it is, weave the gospel as much as you can into everything that God has equipped you to do. Yeah, and and I, I can't help but see that here in what uh, what Paul writes in these in these opening verses of Philippians chapter one. That was a little bit of a long diatribe, but <laughs> no, but that's good. I mean, that's a, I mean, it's kind of a heart wrenching story to see. Like, mm. I mean, David Platt's he's going on this hike for a week and he's got to have that nutrition for the Mm -hmm. hike and this girl in this village is like just longing for something. Yeah. And, and I really hope David gave the girl a bar or something. (laughs) Well, they, it's, you know, it, what was funny is, is he tell, he, he, after the story, he kind of gives a little bit more explanation. The, the guy who was leading them on this trek has lived there for 20 years and he actually told him he was like, "Look, it's going to be really hard, but don't give food to the locals. It's it's like mm. the whole don't feed the animals at the zoo yeah. kind of thing." He's like, oh, "Because yeah. because we're working to help them be able to provide their own. We don't want them trying to get handouts. Learn, yeah, yeah, learn to get handouts. Basically, it's a yeah. we're teaching them about Jesus and we're teaching them how to grow food and and it was there was a whole lot more than than what I tried to condense it down to, but." Right. Well, and like the American thing to do would be like, oh, well, I can go without one. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever. And that, that, that would be very challenging to yeah. not be able to not help that little girl, I think. Yeah. So, yes. Huh. All right. <laughs> Back to Philippians. So, Let's keep going. So, Paul's put his suffering into a divine context, right? He's, mm-hmm. he's telling the church at Philippi that his imprison, imprisonment sorry, isn't going to stop or even slow down the gospel. Yeah. And rather, it's only served to fan the flame higher. Yeah. Um, and, and if you think about it, like our worldly wisdom, especially in 2022 now, tells us to silence or shut down people we don't like or people yeah. we, that disagree with us. Um, and that's what Rome was trying to do or thought they were doing when they put Paul yeah. in prison, you know. Um, and then all Paul does is share the gospel with the guards and they, they yeah. share it with their families. Like it well, kind of, it, it kind of had a reverse effect, you know, it, it was funny because it, and again, this goes back to Paul. Like I wrote this out to the side where in verse 13, it says, so, uh, so that it has become known throughout the whole Imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. So I wrote out to the side captive audience. I mean, Paul's like, I mean, he's in prison. He's like, Oh dude, this is great. These guys can't go anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Let's tell them all about Jesus. Yeah, and, <laughs> you know? and, 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 and I mean, think about it, like like Rome is throwing Paul in prison. They're like, "Hey, we got him. He can't share yeah. the gospel anymore." And Paul's like, "No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes on you, Rome. Jokes on you." 
But it's, I mean, what a testimony. I mean, this is, the Imperial Guard is like the elite of the elite. Mm -hmm. And so it's, and it says it it became known to, to the whole Imperial Guard and to all the rest. That means the guards were talking about it. Yeah. I mean, I wonder how many Imperial Guards came to know Jesus out of this story because yeah. Paul was in that prison. Well, I mean, think about it. You have like the you have all the Imperial Guards. I mean, I'm sure they have families and stuff. They're going home and telling their families like, "Man, this guy Paul, like all he talks about is Jesus." <laughs> and then they're I mean, the, I mean, I'm sure it spreads through Rome like wildfire, which is a bad analogy cuz Rome burned. But <laughs> <laughs> oops. But I mean, but I, I but think back to what Jesus said in, um, I think it was Matthew. He he said mm-hmm. that w- he when he built the church, when Jesus built the church, the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Yeah, yeah. And, Matthew and, sixteen. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> and, and and I mean, Jesus is anointed Paul, and Paul could be in the he's in prison and he's still going to share the gospel because that's yeah. that's what the Holy Spirit is had called Paul to do. Yeah. And when you do share the gospel, you are the the spark that that fans that that mm-hmm. flame or that light to other people, and that's exactly what you see in verse fourteen. Um, and most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, is what mine says. And so, yeah, because Paul is in prison, these other guys are like, "Oh man, if Paul can take that stand." I can take that stand. Let's do, you know, let's, they're, they're becoming more and more emboldened. Yeah. And they're much more bold to speak uh, the word without fear. And so you have this, this almost reversal effect of, of what Rome thinks is going to happen. And then what God uses those circumstances. Again, think about, go back to Joseph, you know, all of these things that the brothers thought were being, they were doing and getting rid of Joseph ended up being the very things that led to their rescue. Yeah. What you meant for evil, God meant for good. Yeah. You know, and and so because they sold their brother, they ended up having food through a famine. Yep. Because Joseph was Raised in Potter's. Rise through the ranks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all of those things and but it was it was something that it reversed itself what they thought they were doing. They thought they were getting rid of a problem, but in reality, what they were doing was they solved a problem. They didn't even know was coming. <laughs> well, God worked yeah. and solved the problem that it's they like, didn't even know it's was like coming. God <laughs> is omniscient and knows everything that <laughs> what you get out of here with that. So that's crazy. That's nuts. Anyway. So, so we move into verses uh, 15 through 18, kind of wrapping up here tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, and now Paul is kind of turning his attention to the motives who of those who are emboldened by his imprisonment as they preach. Yeah. Um, and he really differentiates between the ones who preach out of what he says. Uh, he says envy and rivalry mm-hmm. um, and those who preach from goodwill. Uh, why don't you dissect that a little bit? Yeah. So in, in, in church, and, and I think it's pop. Well, I'm not going to say popular. I think it's prevalent for us to see that we're not going to agree with everybody in the church. There are going to be disagreements. There are going to be disagreements. And because of our sinful nature, then, then that's going to, people are not always going to be what they appear. 
Okay. And, and a lot of times you can get to the root of those people after you've spent some time with them, after you know who they are. And, and I can't help but wonder if Paul, I mean, if Paul knows who these brothers who are emboldened, maybe he knows who they are. Maybe he knows their intentions. He's speaking as if he knows their intentions here in 15 Mm -hmm. through 18. I mean, um, he says, starting in 16, uh, mine says, he talks about uh, envy and rivalry and then others in goodwill. He says, the latter, speaking of the goodwill, uh, do it out of love, knowing that I am here for the defense of the gospel. The former, talking about the the envy and the rivalry, Mm -hmm. uh, proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition. Now, he's not saying they're not proclaiming the gospel or Christ. He's just saying they're proclaiming Christ, but they're doing it out of out of a different set of motives or a right. different set of guides, if you will. So the gospel is still getting preached. Yes. It's just the motives behind why they're preaching it yes. is, are varying from some others. Paul, Paul would not be very popular in today's culture because Paul would not be cancel culture. You know, I don't right. like you, so I'm going to cancel you. I disagree with you, so I'm going to, you know, you're evil. You're basically Satan incarnate, you know. Paul, that's, Paul would be more like, I disagree with you. Let's have a conversation about that. He would, or he'd be like, I disagree with you. You go that way, I'll go this way. Keep preaching the gospel. Yep. You know, that's what Paul would do. And and But even in even in the people who are preaching about this, they're, they're doing it to try to, he even said verse 17, or yeah, mm-hmm. verse 17, thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. They they think they're harming Paul. Yeah. But they're not. Yeah. They're preaching the gospel, and Paul's like, preach on, bro. I don't care yeah. if you say anything about me. <laughs> and then you get into verse 18, and my version says, what does it matter? Yeah. Just mine, that. Says, mine says, what then? <laughs> mine says, what does it matter? Just that in every way, whether out of false motives or true, Christ is proclaimed, and in yeah. this I rejoice. Like, Paul's basically saying, like, I don't really care what, so-and-so's motives are yeah. if he's preaching jesus and people are coming to know him great yeah awesome all the more reason he would not be popular today man <laughs> i wish we could i wish we could interview paul <laughs> can we arrange that can we <laughs> probably I not <laughs> i don't want to arrange it i just i just said i wish we could do it it would be fun um but Regardless of how Paul feels about their motives, mm-hmm. he still is is willing to say, "Hey, these guys are brothers. These guys are in Christ. They're preaching Christ, mm. and so he's willing to suffer disrepute on his name." He knows they're saying things that are maybe misleading or or kind of or or maybe they're just saying, "You know, Paul's in prison. They don't have to say anything about, oh, you know, we don't believe you did anything wrong." They're they're speaking half truths. Yeah. You know, or they're not telling the whole story. Yeah, Paul's in prison. Don't believe he should be there, but he, that's, you know, like, oh, I don't know if we can trust Paul. He's in prison kind of a thing. And they're, and they're trying to use it to their own selfish advantage right? Instead of, instead of just focusing on Christ. But Paul, taking the high road here, hey, that's fine. They can speak ill about me because in the end, I don't matter. Yeah. And, Paul, and Paul's more concerned about people coming to know Jesus, and he doesn't really care like how that happens. He doesn't care yeah. what is said about him or what is said like as long as Jesus is preached and glorified and honored and mm-hmm. like what is said about Jesus is not untrue. Right. I think I said that right. Not untrue. Yeah. So 
as long as what their people are saying about Jesus is correct and true, mm-hmm. then Paul's like, you know what? They could drag my name through the mud. I don't care because yeah. Jesus is getting all the glory anyway. Yeah. I mean, what's it matter? I'm sitting in prison. Like, yep. Like, what? What more could they possibly do to me? <laughs> Paul emphasized the reasons, not mm-hmm. the. Re- or I'm sorry. Paul emphasized the results, not the reasons. Yeah. And I think that is a timely lesson for Christians today. Yes. Even myself. And again, that is convicting for me. Yep. Because I, I see churches that I wouldn't do it the way they do it. And I see churches that I would disagree with. And I go, oh, I want to say something bad about them. But I can't. Because right. Scripture is telling me to stop doing that. If they're preaching the gospel, mm-hmm. then stop it. Yeah. At the, at the end of the day, if the church down the street is preaching the gospel in a way that people are coming into a saving relationship with Jesus, mm-hmm. then what does it matter the methods for how they're doing it? That's right. We can get into the nuance of like secondary and tertiary issues all day long, but if yeah. at the core of what they're preaching is Jesus lived a sinless life, died a death he did not deserve, mm-hmm. and rose from the grave to conquer death so that we could have a relationship with him, yeah. If, if that's the core of their message, then all that other stuff doesn't matter. Exactly. And it shouldn't matter. And we and, it <laughs> and we as churches, little C churches, need to stop mm-hmm. fighting and bickering with every with every other church on the on the road. Yeah. Just because they do things a little differently or do things the way we wouldn't do them. Yeah. I think so many times our our nature says that we if we disagree with their message, then we attack the person. Mm-hmm. You know, we in in an attempt to undermine their message, we attack them. And so, if you have a genuine disagreement about a person's message, then go and talk to that person about their message. There's no reason to bring their character into that conversation, right? But so many times we put the message above the character when it when the reality is it should be the other way around. We should put their character first. Mm-hmm. And say, man, I, I, you've got their. I'm sorry, I said that backwards. We should put the message first, then their character. Yeah, you know you, what you're preaching is right. I'm going to take a couple of issues with this right here, but I'm not going to challenge your message yeah. until somebody until somebody reveals something in their life that causes us to question their character. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for us to question a person's character. That's right. That's right. Now, and, now, when and that sh- hap- when that happens, <laughs> it's di- well. Then you're talking about a Matthew 18 situation. That's a different conversation that needs to be had. Yeah. But if they're preaching the gospel and they're living their life in a way that's not unbiblical, mm-hmm. then what does it matter how they're doing it? Yeah. I think I think what Paul is showing us here is that even if somebody has the wrong motives, mm-hmm. then as a Christian body, us as Christians, number one, we shouldn't be surprised about this. But we should always, again, we should do what Paul does and focus on the results mm-hmm. and not the the reasons. Yeah. And I think yeah. when we do that, we will number one, I think it would I think it would change the way that we have a, a, the celebrity pastor culture that we have yeah. in America, mm-hmm. because we're 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 more worried about 
what that person is saying, the message that they're saying versus, I guess, how they say it. Right. Or the message they use to say it. Um, and, and we will focus more on the message rather than the person. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, like, have you ever been in a church where like, if the, if the guy wasn't preaching, like there was an obvious drop in attendance. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like it I've should, been there. like it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter who's preaching. Like if the guy's yeah. preaching, if you're, yeah, that's really, I almost said something. Really if your youth pastor's preaching, you should still go to church. Yep. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Because it's the youth pastor proclaiming the gospel. Yeah. If he or, is. Or, or if you find out there's a guest pastor. I yeah. think that's why a lot of churches don't advertise who's preaching. Mm-hmm. Because they know, like, their attendance would Dip. do like yeah. this. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So... At the end of the day, the power of the gospel does not depend on the character of the person in the character of the preacher. The power of the gospel is going to go forth no matter what. Mm-hmm. And so we need to focus on, like Paul does, we need to focus on the gospel and quit nitpicking little things that don't matter. Yes. And I, and, and I think Paul shows us that pretty clearly in these verses. He's laser-focused on the gospel. He's laser-focused that he's sharing it with the guards, and the guards are telling other people about it, and because of that, people are emboldened, and some of them want don't like Paul, and so they're trying to take Paul down. And Paul's like, sweet, I love it, it's awesome. Keep going, keep preaching. Yeah. And that's it. That's all. Yeah. That's all I have. I about. love it. I think that's. <laughs> I think that's a good a good place to put a bow on it. Yes. And we'll jump back into the rest of Philippians one next week. We'll pick up in verse nineteen and run to twenty six next week. It'll be a good time. Yep. Michael, why don't you pray for us tonight, man? I can do that, man. Do it. Let's do it. Uh, dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for just who you are and how good you are to us. Thank you for um, your great love and your abundant grace and mercy that you pour out on us each day. Um, thank you for this time to discuss Philippians 1 and um, just thank you for the discussion we've had tonight, God. And I just pray that you um, help us to be bold like Paul. Help us to um, perhaps even in the midst of our suffering proclaim the, the gospel, proclaim the love of Jesus to those around us um, so that people can know your love for them and uh, come to know you, God. Um, Help us just to be bold um, and uh, just be with us as we uh, continue our study and help us to uh, just be more like Jesus every single day. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, Michael, if they want to get in touch with us on social media platforms, where would they do that? You can find the Beers of Bible podcast on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore. You can find us on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can find us on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast. You can email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. And you can also visit our website, Beers and Bible Podcast.com, and pick up some BB merch. 
there and represent your favorite Beers and Bible podcast. So until next week, I hope your beer stays cold and your Bible stays open, and we will see you later. Peace out.